What's up, guys? You're listening to the Colorado Cars and Coffee podcast with me, John, Steve. Hello. How Gary. you doing? Hey. Matt. How's it going? Hayden. Hello, everyone. And Dan. Yo. Shut up, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's just drive straight to our breakfast menu of events. This week's events are this Friday, we have Tots and Tailpipes with Toys for Tots, which is a Colorado Cars and Coffee Sonic meet, where we ask you to bring a new toy. It's at Arapahoe in South Lima, and it's from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Thanks, John. That reminds me that I have to go make that event on Facebook. Oops. Yeah. Um, so Friday, there's a nightmare on your street. I think this is a HearstCon kind of event. But yeah, it's, I do believe both, so. it's both Friday and Saturday, 5 to 10 p.m. Uh, Highlands Ranch, Littleton, they have a couple of different routes. Uh, stop number one starting at uh, 9291 South Broadway, Highlands Ranch at 5 o'clock. So sounds kind of cool, like hearses and those kind of cars. Spooky. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. And then so Saturday, we got two events. You got, of course... Expresso and Exhaust at Vehicle Vault, 9 a.m. in Parker. It's usually 9 a.m. Sometimes it's 8, and most of you know it can be early, so check it out. And then in the afternoon at 2 p.m. is Rock for Life. It's a suicide awareness event. Highly recommend you go. It's at Single Barrel Eatery and Lounge in the Springs. Saturday, we have Motors and Mocha. That is at... 8.30 a.m. on uh, Alameda Parkway in Lakewood. Uh, also, <clears throat> early Saturday morning, uh, 8 a.m., Cars and Coffee in Old Colorado City. And on Sunday, we have Loveland Cars and Coffee from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. in the Loveland Design Carpet One floor and home parking lot. Shut up, Dan. Uh, also on Sunday, Colorado Euros meet at Colorworks Powder Coating in Centennial. Do we have a time for that one? That's no, okay. Sunday. Consider, Sunday. Yeah, it just says Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. I think it's 11 a.m. Yeah, I do believe so. Okay. Something like that. If you, yeah, if you're planning, if you're interested in attending, obviously just search check out that, uh, that event. Yeah. Check out the events on the page. Just show up. Yeah. <laughs> just show up whenever. Yeah. Just show up whenever. It's all you good. get there early and yeah. sit there all day. You'll catch it eventually. Oh, yeah. so, um, so hot import nights. Got it. Cool. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Day. We are moving past that. <laughs> yeah. We've moved past that. And Dan. Subaru uh, sometimes hot import days and nights, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> hot imports early morning to late at night. Hot imports Subaru. Very good. Parking lots and chain link fences. Mm-hmm. Built in Indiana. Not important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just uh, dig into our topics. Um, uh, you want to talk about this, Terry? Yeah, I mean, and also Hayden, because Hayden's a huge F1 fan as well. But yes, it does seem now that uh, Honda's original contract in F1 F1 again, Red Bull. Yeah, it's F1 again, Steve. Okay, so we're not going to talk about Alphas all day long. (laughs) Oh, okay. So their original uh, contract with Red Bull Racing and uh, their basically sister team, which is Toro Rosso, which now became Alpha Tori, is it's over basically at the end of 2021. So they're pulling out. Hey. So yeah, it's 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 an interesting thing. I mean, I half expected it because I already knew that they were going to have that contract expire. They only had two teams. Nobody else is really interested in picking up a Honda engine. Even the prospective customers that they could have got this year switched to Mercedes power. Granted, one of them was their original McLaren team that they came back to F1 with. So I didn't see that happening. But yeah, so it's 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 interesting. I don't think it's going to hurt Red Bull in any shape or form. You know, the the rules that that are, are set down is very simple. This if a team does not have an engine, the engine 
manufacturer for that's out there that has the least customers will be obligated to supply, which is Renault, which is interesting because Ooh, Red Bull yeah. switched from Renault to Honda. And it wasn't a happy transition because they really ripped into Renault the last year that they had. So it'll be interesting to see. They're probably going to be Renault powered unless another manufacturer comes in to, to supply engines. The only one out there I would assume would be Aston Martin because they are going to partner up with what is right now uh, Racing Point's going to change their name, of course, to Aston Martin Racing. Granted, Aston Martin doesn't make any engines right now. It's all AMG stuff that's in there, but it doesn't prohibit them from doing it if they would consider it. So I don't know. It's interesting to see. I don't think it has anything to really do with Honda not thinking they could win championships. They won races with that Honda engine. Okay, they have with both teams. They got podiums with both teams. I don't think question that. I just think Honda looked at it and just went, rather spend our money somewhere else. Yeah, they've got they've got so much other stuff going on around the world. See, Americans, we see only so much racing, but we just see what we see. You know, Formula One, NASCAR, IndyCar. If you're you know a little junior formula, even that's pretty obscure for for us, but. They are big into Super GT and Super yeah. Formula. And those are big national series in Japan that get a lot of get a lot of attention. And most people are just completely unaware of them over here. Um, so their their domestic market is Japan, huge. Japan yes. series. Oh yeah. Massive. I mean massive. And, Super uh, formula yeah, is huge. huge. Sorry. Um, no, go ahead. <laughs> Just was going to say that you made some good points about the engine manufacturers. I think it's interesting that somehow Honda has become ostensibly less desirable than the Ferrari power plants, considering <laughs> how they've been running lately. And right. where the Hondas are at least theoretically capable of winning a race. Yes. I mean, definitely. I, I just think it's not a big surprise to me. I, I just reiterate, it's not... You know, and definitely on Hey Aiden's point, Honda is huge. I mean, Super Formula for Honda is massive. And they're committed to that. And also, let's love to get, they have a 100% commitment to, to Indy cars. In, so, Indy car, yeah. You know, yeah. and anybody who sits there and says, because I, I see some of the comments on some some of the forums out there and some of the pages, you know, like Motorsport, Eurosport, stuff like that. It, some of the comments people go, well, they, they're just getting out because they know they can't win a championship. Yeah, because let's just ignore IndyCar <laughs> completely, you know, and Super Formula. IMSA. And all that. And IMSA. Sports car racing. Right? I mean, they have, the, they have the global, you know, I mean, yeah. attack here over here, but Honda elsewhere, NSX GT3. That's right. a that's a global that's a global sports car formula. Yep. You have they and then over here uh with the IMSA specific uh DPI they have the um the Acura yes. prototype. Right. So right. So their their race program is extremely successful. And that that's just that's just auto racing. We're not even talking MotoGP, which which they're committed to is motorcycle well. racing in general. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is it. So, you know, anybody who's out there that sits there and says, well, you know, they're just, you know, well, they, they won't be able to win, you know, an F1 championship. Yeah, they actually can win an F1 championship. Let's let's look at the plain, simple facts. They came back. They had some really hard times with McLaren. Some of that's on McLaren with their insistence of not changing their chassis, which is their right, because it was in the middle of a race season. Like, why am I going to re-engineer my chassis to stick, stick your motor in? Right? That didn't work out. Okay, they won over to Toro Rosso and they were very successful. Won to the main team and they won races. And it wasn't because Max, you know, got out of the car and pushed it over the line or, you know, or anything like that. That engine powered that car and got it across the line. So have a nice day. They did really well. Fact two, the regulations in F1 are changing. Right? Next year, it's 10% less downforce. And then that's it for the V6 hybrid era as it, as it stands. So then it's going to change. There's more regulations, lower downforce, etc. Honda is quite prepared to be able to go into that and do battle. They just chose to look at it and say, rather spend our money somewhere else. We're committed worldwide. This was fun to do. We're, we're, we're done. Sometimes the nostalgia of coming back is, goes away. And they just go, yeah, you know what? We're okay. 
I think it's also worth noting that um, just kind of as far as I can tell across the board, we're seeing large manufacturers uh, start to lessen their exposure to motorsport. Yes. Just because I think of kind of macroeconomic worries. Exactly. So, yeah. So yeah, it's all, it, it all, there's a lot of, a lot of moving pieces there, but I think yeah. it all can contributes and it's not unreasonable for them to say, Hey, we won some races and now we, you know, we move on. Right. And then, you know, for, for Red Bull racing itself, you know, whatever engine manufacturer they go with Mercedes, Ferrari, Renault, it's probably going to be Renault. I don't probably. see Mercedes. Mercedes is already committed and they're not going to provide their, number one competitor the same motor they're running not gonna happen yes there's no chance of that right. there's a bigger chance of them getting back of a you know them getting honda getting back in with mclaren right exactly out of here. It, it, yeah, which yeah. is to say there is no chance yeah and then same same with ferrari ferrari's not going to give their number one competitor their engine at least renault and truth be told renault has come a long way in the last couple of years that car yeah. is looking pretty good that engine's reliable, you know, et cetera. So if they can mend fences, which they're going to have to do, it's going to be Renault powered again. And it'll be interesting to see because those Renault cars are actually got pretty good straight line speed, you know? So you put that newer Renault power plant into a Red Bull. It's going to be competitive, I feel. And we'll find out in 2021, as simple as that works. The thing is that we can never... 2022. Yeah, the thing we can never really tell is with Red Bull is that because they is is it just a downforce car and are they going to take away some of right. that? But yeah, which is right. And with your point on that, next year is going to tell that because ten percent less downforce. Right, right. You know, but so. still Adrian Newey. So yeah, exactly, exactly, and high rake because they'll never let that go. Right. Anyway, that's all we got on that one. So. Unless if, anybody else has a has anything we didn't bring yeah, up. Yeah, one thing one thing you guys mentioned other motorsports that they're in, you know, between MotoGP and IMSA and stuff like that. You know, they're uh, they have that collaboration that they're doing with GM right now for electric. So it'd be interesting to see if they they come out in a few years and start competing in in electrically driven uh, motorsport. Right. Well, the next um, the next and it, and it's been delayed a year just as the new. Um, the new formula one regulations have been but dpi 2.0 the next imsa prototype is going to be hybrid yes and it's okay. going to have a global formula so they so those cars can race at Le Mans in the hypercar class yep so i w- imagine if they're already you know the acura penske thing is going relatively well uh i think they'll continue that into the next uh next um set of regulations yep okay so go ahead john move us to the next all right um i think we're on to f1 <laughs> at the Nürburgring. wait more f1 oh, more no. f1 no way wow they're back at the Nürburgring, and no yes. not the big track I know. So go ahead, Hayden. Take take this one, and I'll comment on you after. Oh, because... I don't. Oh, no, I do don't it. know. I just the nerve. I mean, if anybody that know that talks to me for long enough knows that I'm I am into sim racing, and the Nurburgring is my favorite track. I only have so many laps on the GP course because the in a lot of races it's connected to to the the Nordschleife, which is the part that I really like, uh, but. I don't think it's a bad track. Uh, I think it's okay. You know, it was, it was built in the early nineties, not researched 1992 or 93, I think to, yeah. uh, to bring in formula one racing back to the Nürburgring because of course that stopped in the late seventies after, after, um, Nikki Lauda's accident. So, uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. It's, I don't know. I don't, I mean, the track is whatever to me, but most formula one tracks are kind of that way. I don't yeah. know if what if you had any particular thoughts on it, Terry. I mean, it's nice for them to go back to Nürburgring. I mean, I was watching that race on TV when Nicky Lauder crashed and burned in fire. And full disclosure, Nicky Lauder is my all-time favorite F1 driver. It's 
that's him and James Hunt has got me in to F1. So I saw that on TV. You know, it's kind of nice for them to be back. It is on the regular track that they raced in like 2013. So, you know, if some people think it's like they're going to see something that they see on TV or like Sabine Schmidt going around under her ring, you're not going to see that. You're basically going to see an F1 regulated track with runoff, <laughs> safer barrier, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there'd be no carousel or any of that. It, it, it's nice them to go back. I, I think it, it, I'm, I'm kind of liking the little nostalgic tour that they're doing. Oh, you know, yeah. and it, it is good because, you know, you're going to have Imola this year and they have raced there and God knows how long really, you know, it's nice to see that, you know, it, they're, they're going to Turkey. They haven't done that in God knows how long, you know, it's all those things. So it, it is kind of nice to see, but you know, it's not going to be next year. It won't be there. So it's, it's a one-off enjoy it. You know, it's a good track, but it's nowhere near as exciting as a Silverstone. Or... So the last, right? Yeah. Sorry. Um. So the I just did a quick Google. The last uh, San Marino Grand Prix was in 2006. Yeah. And somehow, somehow around that period was sticking out to me because I remember it. I remember uh, it was a Alonzo Schumacher kind of kind of yeah. year. So I'm like, yeah, probably oh five or oh six. Yeah, so it'll be fun, you know, definitely. But the only thing is the fact that it is October and it is in Germany and the weather is Oh, and it's in the mountains. It's in the, it's in yeah, the mountains it's be, in Germany. It's going to be nice and rainy. It's going to be crazy. The 24 now, hour was a couple weeks ago and yeah. they had some pretty they had they had most of the leaders crash out in rain. Uh granted, I think this was overnight, but yeah, the Eiffel Mountains in Germany in October tend to get some weather. So <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Now this is the only time I wish they would do the old school, you know, nineteen sixties Nurburgrings in October right. in, oh, for, in modern Formula One. Cars. Yes, yes. Because be Terry flying. wants to see some crashes. Yes. <laughs> Terry wants to see somebody in the top of a tree. <laughs> it's like, yeah, everybody here needs to go watch the the ending of Grand Prix. <laughs> the movie <laughs> the see the old monza and the crash oh that is a great scene you're right. that is a great yeah, scene incredible incredible but yeah so definitely it'll be a good race i i think so but yeah it's kind of nice they're, they're they're back but you know I'm you get okay two you get two decent passing zones yes two um, and only the, two with the with turn with turn one and then i don't know what number it is but the, the, it's ch- like the chicane at, at yeah. the at the end of the, the at back the end, end. I, I think because it's like nine use, or ten or ten or eleven something like that they use a smaller chicane than the uh 24 hour and the sports cars even yeah. like uh dtm you will use the the larger one the larger but, yeah and well dtm even uses a different a different a shorter yeah configuration, a shorter so configuration on the on yeah, a DTM. All, that's so, all all different so check it out free practice one is this friday are we all going right. on to uh the next one john yeah next one is uh the luca Corberry Tantrum. Uh, it was a cart race over in Italy. <laughs> uh, the, the FIA Karting Championships, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So right. the, very much like very much the the uh, lineage of Formula One. Right. Well, I do believe Steve posted it. So good. Yeah, it was a good. Go it was Steve. quite the video, Steve. Yeah. Go yeah. Steve. Him. Uh, well, I guess the the setting the scene. He was punted into the barriers by the other driver and he picks up the wing from his car. No, I think it was the, walks, was it the wing or is it the front bumper? It's the, the, yeah, the, front, front, bumper, yeah, the front, yeah, the front bumper from his car or from his cart and then walks over to the track, waits for the guy to come around and then pitches it at him. He didn't uh, hit him was, though, uh, did he? Uh, it bounced off the car. It, it didn't it looked hit like it, it looked like it got somebody else decently. Like it, I'm going to watch the like, clip right now. Yeah, I've got I've got the whole thing up because I was wondering a little bit more about this myself. And yeah, he definitely hit a cart, but I don't know if he hit a person like directly. It didn't look like it looked like the it kind of glanced off and hit someone else, but so that was round one. And <laughs> round two was in the paddocks where he found the kid. Oh, this guy Luca is 
23. Yes. Right? That's what yep. everybody's saying. Yep. And he's 23. these are probably they're teenagers. 20 yeah, years old, yeah. 20 year olds, teens, late teens. Anyway, he, he went running after the, the kid that's about half his size and pummeled him to the ground. So there's a big melee. And then Luca's father comes running in and pounds the kid as well, I think. Yeah, so someone, well, some ugly. guys, some people around pull pull Luca off of him. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and then it looked like that it was kind of calming down for a second. And then a fellow in black came in who That's the New York dad. Post is reporting was it's that was his father. It's a, the post article says uh Corberry attacked Ippolito in the pits with reports emerging a man wearing a black hoodie who joins in the mayhem as being Corberry's father. So yeah, that's, that's the New York post. Classy family. Mm. Yeah. Very nice. Who uh, owned the track? Yeah. Yeah, So I thought his dad, the the family owns the track. Yeah. It's always a good, it's always a good look to have a, to have a big, I mean, ostensibly what the world's biggest karting event at your, at your track. And then, your son gets in a fight with a kid and then you join in yeah it's, it's a really nice look yep so the the post-mortem that i saw on that was that luca <laughs> said that he was going to retire be out of racing not race anymore but we already talked about we already talked about this though remember steve it's like oh yeah i'm gonna quit when they say yeah now we're gonna ban you like really yeah it's <laughs> the whole you can't fire me i quit yeah like mm-hmm. come on man yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And he's also a bit, he's, I mean, is he a bit long in the tooth for FIA carding? I don't know. I didn't, I guess I didn't the 20 year old do this because there's so many 20 year olds and, and F3 and F2, but I guess. Yeah, a, I think some I, guys progress slower. Right. That, well, that was kind of the thing that I was reading that most guys don't get that because by that age, if they're not, if they haven't advanced past carding, they, they retire and move on to something else. Yeah. Right. So yeah, he was a little he was a little long in the tooth. So it was that was part of what made that so interesting. That well, mixed with the fact that is, it was his family track. He is now famous. Oh yeah. Yes. Infamous. 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 So... Even, even better. Yeah. Oh, the post. Okay. The post article mentions uh, a tweet from Jensen Button said, "Life ban yes. for both of these idiots, please." Yeah. yeah. Well, and then um, uh, Luke actually replied to Jensen Button and told him to calm down. Oh, well, great. that was yes. probably a troll account, but yeah, it probably was, but yeah. I still think it's, it was, fu- it was funny. <laughs> so now I'm just checking the FIA carding regs. So basically it's age of 12 with no upper age. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you're white, Terry, Terry and I are, are good to go. Yep. yep. So we are good yep. to go. All right. Hey. Now, if, if we all remember the experience of indoor karting at the electric karting place with me, where I almost K-1? suffered a massive heart attack. <laughs> yes. Let's not effing do that. I remember. Yeah. That it was not, not good. It did. It did. It did not go well for you, Terry. <laughs> no, no. And that's like my like second or third time karting because we did answer a couple of times and it, it was no issue, but we, we, we did the K one and, and I don't know, I had a really bad day and it like it just drained me to the point that I swear I was gonna have a heart attack. Now well, granted, I am not the most in shape human being. Okay, but I do work out, I go to the gym two or three times a week. And I was just amazed how much that ex- that one race I did took out of me. It was amazing. And those so, are those are rental carts. I've, yeah, I've not gotten to race racing carts, but I've gotten to test racing carts, and they so, are a different level from that. You are doing a lot more work. Right. It is a lot more tiring. I mean, I'm yeah, a little younger than you, slightly more in shape, and I was like, wow, this is yeah. a this is a workout here. This is a, this is tough. Yeah, so yeah. I was on a I was on an electric karting team in college, and that. Yeah, it's it, take, it can take a lot out of you, especially if it's a long race. The endurance part of it will oh, yeah. beat you up. Yep. So so that was a big race he was in. That was in the FIA uh, yeah, this, World, Cha- World Championship. Yes, World yeah. Championship. Yeah. Yeah. So big stakes. 
as yeah, big as it yeah. gets for carding really i mean yeah. i guess they they do have the uh oh it's not coming it's not uh i can't think of it the big huge national it's the biggest one for the u.s is in uh, las vegas every year uh hang on hang on young jamie it young jamie it so well well sorry doing... no go ahead if you found uh it. no 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 i didn't it's actually just showing me um just showing me like go-kart like go-karting places like the one you almost had a heart attack at yeah like <laughs> it's, it's great i mean didn't uh didn't quite a few f1 drivers come up through stuff like all, that the, a lot all, of them most yeah. of them that's like karting leagues like karting said, is where you start yeah yeah, that's in FIA karting is the highest level. It, yeah, this is this right. is regulated by the same people that regulate Formula One. Yeah. Right, right. So I mean, this, is, right, this is yeah. the minor leagues. So this is the direct. History. This is yeah. the direct pipeline. Right. I mean, Lewis Hamilton came up through karting. Mm -hmm. uh, Max Van uh, Max Verstappen came through. Karting. I'm not sure anyone. I'm not George sure. George Russell is karting. Uh, they all come from karting. Except the only exception would be not really Formula One drivers, but more like uh, like NASCAR drivers will start in Legends a lot of the yes. time before yeah. Kart. That's about the only exception, which yeah. is in oval racing. You don't, and some some IndyCar guys came up in oval racing, but yeah. you don't see it pretty much when it comes to yeah European open open wheel racing. Wheel, nope, that's it's, all it's fed karting. Yeah, yep. I mean, it's they pretty much it, it, it's karting. Oh, Super Nats is the race I was trying to think of. That's ah. the big. That's the Super Nationals. That's yeah. the big. Uh, that's the big one for the U.S. So, so, and I think all Luke is done. So, yeah, no oh, matter yeah. what. I mean, there's no reason for that level of escalation. I mean, yes, Absolutely you're not. racing. Yes, the adrenaline is pumping. Yes, you're pissed off because you got punted, and your emotions are high, and your red mist is going. But to sit there and stand on the track with a piece of your cart and waiting and waiting. Right. Yeah. That that should be enough time to start cooling down and going to yourself, what the hell is going on? And also, why the hell are you standing on the edge of the track where they didn't like red flag it and just say, What the hell are you doing? I think no, but I think everybody was just in disbelief and right. just wondering and that, yeah, what was just going, going on. What the hell? You know, and so you know, yes, people get mad. The adrenaline is pumping, and you do stupid shit. You know, and and and, and you do. Okay, so maybe we can look at that one incident and go, "Yep, you're mad. The adrenaline. You did something stupid. You're definitely regretting it." It's the follow-up incidents that says no. <laughs> that you are premeditating and being a complete bag, and there's no reason for it. You know, I mean, you, you can draw a comparison to, if we all remember, because I know we talked about it last night where we were just talking this over. Um, and I Kevin totally Ward forgot. Jr. Yeah. Yes. You know, that was a dirt track race with, what's his name? Uh, Tony Stewart. That's you what know. I thought of when I saw that. Right. So that's what yes. I thought it looked like. There's no Same point thing. for those kind of tempers in racing because that's right. exactly how you end up in those situations. You know, I mean, he, he was hot to trot. You know, he got out of his car, which is against all race rules. Right. On the track. And, you know, unfortunately, he got hit and he got killed by Tony Stewart. You know, and that's a horrible thing to happen to anybody. You know, and just to think that's what happened. And then you look at this guy, Luca, like throwing that. He could have killed that guy. He could have killed that kid. He could have killed, you know, I'm not saying like 80 people. But let's look at this this way. Let's just say he threw it. He hits the guy. At the same time, it takes out that cart, which takes out another cart. Seriously injures that cart driver, which then in turn hits him because he's standing on the side of the track. Now he's seriously injured or dead. Well, didn't the didn't the commentators say that at that part of the track they were going over seventy miles an yeah, hour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you pretty, know, pretty quick. I I totally get that level of frustration and anger and red mist because you know everybody's had that where the adrenaline takes over you're not thinking right i mean hell Vettel did it at baku against lewis behind the safety car when he thought he was brake checking him that was which good. he that was great because he wasn't being brake checked lost his cool completely pulled up alongside lewis pointing his finger at him then swerved directly into him and hit tires it's like whoa buddy you know, so it does happen, but 
I just think that the level that that ended up going to was a little far-fetched, a little extreme. And then, of course, Pops rolling on in, like, you know, odds are, are they mafia? Yes. So, you know, it's like rolling on in. It's like, ah, you know? It's like, well, what the? Tempers flare in racing all yes. the time. But all yeah, the time. It's, it's uh, these moments that um, Kevin Ward also talk about motorcycle racing from a couple of years ago, Romano oh, Finati. Yes. The guy, the guy in Moto2 who pulled his competitor, pulled up alongside his competitor and pulled his front brake. Yeah. He got banned. He got, he's actually back in Moto3, but he got banned for two years. Yes, exactly. And um, yeah, these moments stick out because people don't generally take it to that point, which is right. uh, something positive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, a lot of people who are listening. Okay, well, the five people that listen to us, which is the five in here. That's our family. Yeah. You know, <laughs> people. Who some of them, yeah. And someone will say, well, you know, I've seen plenty of fights in NASCAR. Right. Normally in NASCAR, when the race is over, <laughs> they kind of roll up on each other in the pits. And say, F you, you put me in the wall. You know, they usually don't run up on the active racetrack and throw pieces of their shattered car at the other the so, other NASCAR. So now that Lugano you bring that up, and, sorry. the whole time I was watching that clip, I was totally thinking of Ricky Bobby. I was like, oh my God, here we go. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Bobby. Exactly. There was a good one. There was a good pit fight last year in NASCAR. I don't know if anybody saw it. Uh, Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin. That was yeah, I saw that, that one. Was, that was a great one. Yeah. Oh, that was a great one because Logano just was kind of antagonizing him, and he was like, they kind of had words and were walking away, and Logano kind of pushed, kind of pushed him as they walked away, as they like, you know, thought it was over, and. Denny Hamlin's a good old boy. Like you do not disrespect him like that. And he just went at him. It was so funny. Excellent. Uh, okay. All right. I guess we'll just move on to uh, the new uh, Subaru uh, BRZ. What do we think about that one? The spy shots. Yeah, this is you, Dan. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh it's interesting you know i know that they're stopping making the current model brz in lieu of this uh with their nice little merger between uh subaru and toyota so it should be really interesting i mean i know it got sneaked over at uh subi fest so looking at a picture of it right now actually and i don't really know how i feel about it i think uh for i forgot which one of y'all said it the the back of it just looks like elongated or weird I, yeah, I can't I really put that. my finger on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this is this is a second gen, right? Because they did a facelift on the first gen. Yep. Okay, so this is the actual second generation. I mean, body wise, it kind of looks the same. I mean, I think the only thing they're really adding is a turbo, I believe. Well, yeah, on they, the... they rounded it out a little more. Like they smoothed out some of the body lines. The I think back end. Like, yeah, the back, back end's end. where they did a lot of work. The back, the back end is like a two door Impreza. It looks Tesla Model 3-ish to me. It looks like a Model 3 with like more hips. Right. It's yeah. very, very odd. And even like the headlights give me that sort of, give me a very Model 3 kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Right. Talking visual stuff on a podcast, folks. Yes. <laughs> Look but, it up. Uh, no. Yeah, no. Obviously, yeah, if you're listening obviously, on a smartphone. Obviously, obviously, obviously yeah, if you're like curious what this thing looks like, you'll you'll give it a goog. But uh, well, yeah, I'm only, I, I'm not seeing that many that many say i had to google i had to actually did google brz to get the spy shots 80 toyota 86 was not coming up. yeah it does not come up yeah um and they're talking about right now that it's uh going to be making roughly the same power as the four pot supra um that's what i'm reading right now which is how they're saying it's crazy that you know it's going to be it's going to be really odd because it costs way less <laughs> than a supra and it's offering the six-speed manual so that should be really interesting, actually. So to the suit to the Subaru guys in here, I know that the current the way that the F the FA twenty WRX motor, you cannot swap that in because of where the turbo sits. Like the turbo location is not is not the same. So what what would they have to do with this one to make it fit, or is it just make a new car? I think they're turboing. They're basically making a next generation on the engine that's in there. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. 
Oh, it's the updated FA20, whatever they're going to yep. call that? Yeah, okay. and, and I know that yeah. was like that was the biggest complaint and or ding against the, the 8.6 and the BRZ was that the the uh, engine just didn't have a very consistent or smooth power delivery. Made negative torque stock at one. The, the <laughs> torque curve would go down. It would dip in the middle, yeah. Yeah, it and you could use it. Do it, you could do an exhaust in the flash tune and get rid. I mean, full exhaust headers and everything, right? But, uh, and get rid of it. But yeah, from the factory, it would the torque would go away from you. So, right, yeah, like lose not... torque in the in the middle of the power band. Yeah, wouldn't it be cheaper just if you got like a first gen BRZ and just thrown a turbo on it? This is what a lot of people did. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they've been. I think they're okay at lower levels, but even even at like pretty modest levels, it seems like they would tend to pop engines. I was actually on a cruise yeah. with someone that popped one one time, and we were at the <laughs> we were at the top of a ma- at the top of Squaw Pass, and he rolled all the way down to Idaho Springs. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Well, I mean, well, think about it, right? So right now it's saying the stock motor on the BRZ is getting about two hundred and five, is what I'm reading, right? So you put a huge Garrett turbo in it or even a moderately sized one that shit's it's done it ain't happening right yeah and i think it's just it's the modern engines are just more finicky from you know direct compression or uh, direct injection with higher compression and everything Mm -hmm. it's not like just throwing one on 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 an old low compression motor Mm -hmm. yeah it's gonna be interesting i can't wait to actually see some actual driving of it uh, I think that's going to be where it's going to make its money, especially yeah, if what well, they say is true. Well, the old that was never the problem with the old car. It 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 drove great. The chassis was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as long as they double down on that, well, how are they going to lose? Yeah, Hayden, the uh, guys from Everyday Driver loved the uh, BRZ and how it drove. Well, Todd had had one for a long time. So did their camera, their camera guy, Chance. They both live around Salt Lake, you know, Park City, Salt Lake City area, and they both drove them uh, during the winter with snow tires. They put the small snow tires on their stock wheels, had bigger wheels for the rest of the year, and yeah, they really really enjoyed it. And they both had the full exhaust with uh, no torque dip. Oh, cool. Um, so I guess we'll just move on to posts of the week. Yeah. So this week we, I think we kind of all agreed that we didn't really see anything on the Facebook group page that, that stuck out, stuck out at us worth mentioning, but there were a few, uh, Instagram posts that we were tagged in that I thought were worth mentioning. Uh, the first one is from Colorado M3 on Instagram. Uh, he posted up a picture of his M3. Um, just with a nice Colorado fall foliage backdrop. And I thought it was a cool picture worth noting. Uh, and then the other one is 3,400 pH, 3,400 pH. Um, he just caught a reason. The photographer is only 15 and he, uh, he caught a really sweet drift picture just where the, the track and the car and everything is all crystal clear. No, no motion blur or anything. So I just wanted to shout out that picture. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah especially that's, at 15. That's definitely tough to do, get a, a drip shot uh, uh, clearly composed and in focus. Right. Yeah, that's Larry Chen level stuff. Yeah. It's not easy. It looks like a Larry yeah. Chen photo, yeah. Is it, I'm sorry, did you say I was just trying to pull up a picture myself? Did you say it was 3400 pH? Yes. What was the name? Oh, it's funny. It's not. I'm not finding it. Oh, well. I did. Fi- I did find Colorado M3. I know. I even I even Googled Instagram, but I don't know. Yeah, sorry. I found his other pages, and he's got some, he he has some great stuff, but did not find the IG. Oh no! Yeah, I just was trying to find his IG. I think I found the. I'm pretty sure I found the picture. You guys was it at PPIR? Uh. Uh, grid life uh, racetrack yeah race yep. yeah, yeah. grid life yeah. at ppir yeah i think i is of chelsea de nova yeah i think i, I think i yep. found it yep, the, yep. yeah the bc yep. race very very cool, very cool picture yeah yeah so, i have some keep going keep going <laughs> kid you'll be better than Larry Chen. yeah yeah he's definitely got potential yeah um so i guess we'll move on to our uh forgotten cars or at least 
cars you don't really see as much anymore. Um, you, I guess I'll just uh, start off. Um, one, I remember at least that was around the Springs for quite a while. It was called a GMC Cyclone. And it was a truck, a, a small truck, got 280 horsepower. And, I mean, they had one in the Springs and was pretty quick. Um, what do you guys got? The uh, I was just going to ask. The Cyclone is a relatively similar motor to the uh, Grand National, is it not? It's a turbo yeah. V6. GM. Yep. I, it was, yeah, I think it was built by Buick, if I remember correctly. The yeah. engine was, yeah, because they tried, they tried just turboing the the four three that came in the in the uh what was it the sonoma to begin with but it had mm-hmm. some issues so they went yeah to, so they also had the truck version of that too they had the cyclone right. and the typhoon yeah the typhoon yeah, right. was the typhoon the suv yeah As, yeah. yep yep exactly yep. so that is a good one yeah you don't see those very often they were rare to begin with but yeah definitely don't see there is a they, uh there is a fellow in uh denver that has the that has the typhoon the uh insurance guy help me out steve yeah dave dave, dave lowry yeah dave lowry. thank you earlier yep. today yep so who's next oh, i've got one uh one that i mean it's not necessarily a bad thing that it was forgotten but the uh the hyundai tiburon you don't see those oh yeah, yeah no i had to, i yeah. there were there I were a few on those. the way home today a few of those in my high school parking lot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't a bad looking car, but that that front wheel drive platform and the the old Hyundai reliability just kind of tanked them. <laughs> yes. I think I think they've moved to a good level now because they got the Stinger and they've been doing some impressive looking SUVs and cars. Right. Well, yeah. The, the Tiburon kind of I think became the uh, Genesis Coupe. Oh, but okay. it, that's on a rear-wheel drive platform, right? I think, yeah. As thing is, right. as we've gotten away from the the front-wheel drive, and I'm going to put it in air, air quotes, sports cars. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think things like that have have died off. But yeah, like thing, like kind of on that same level, the uh, the Celica, another front-wheel drive sports car. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. They were kind of in the same class there. All right. Some cars, some front-wheel drive cars can be good. I think, uh, I think the easy, best example would be the the new Honda Type R, as far as something that's completely ready to go from factory and like a nice, nice package. But I think they, I think they're only with tires and differentials. They're only figuring out recently how to put three hundred plus horsepower to the ground in a front-wheel drive. Right, right. I, I remember when the Type R kind of first came out and Honda was getting a lot of crap for not making it all wheel drive. And they basically said they were only going to do front wheel drive just kind of as an F you to everybody else. And it turns out it's very good because right. if you have good tires and a good diff and, you know, and you make everything as a nice package, it was our first conversation. Um, Honda knows racing. So, so right. Sachiru Honda started <laughs> was in racing very, very early when he built his motorcycle company back in the day. So they've, they've always had that in their blood. Right. So is it, is it, is it me? Yeah, go ahead. I guess nobody else is. Uh, I will go, I will go, I will go with the Opal GT, which yes. is a car that my, my stepbrother has pretty, pretty nice example. I don't know what the color is called, but it's the, uh, it's the kind of, it's a kind of very seventies orange, orangish yellow kind of color, but uh, only drove that car once. Um, didn't get to drive it in a very sporty setting, but I remember around town it was extremely agricultural feeling. You got a handle in the uh, in the car to flip the headlights, right? That's true. That's yeah, true. And handle. there's a and there's actually a wiper pedal as well. There's a pe- there's mm-hmm. a fourth pedal to operate the wipers. So. See that. It uh, basically, if you if anybody hasn't seen one, it basically looks like a mini '70s Corvette. It looks like if you just shrink that that down a little bit. Yeah, it's basically like a C3. what you got. Yeah, yep. it's like a smaller C3. And don't the headlights? You know, most people think of pop up headlights and they move. I'm trying to think of how to describe this without the you know, front of the the front of the headlight, the leading edge comes upward. 
Right. It comes. Uh, you're right. It comes up in a Miata in a Ferrari. You know. Right. Yeah. These roll like like doing a bit like the light is doing a barrel roll basically. It does yes. do a barrel yeah. roll. It does. Yeah. Right. Do the, the rotation of axis. Yeah. The rotational axis is parallel to the direction yes. of the car. Just imagine you could drive that down the road hit that button over and over again just go do a barrel roll do a barrel <laughs> roll no no <laughs> so all right i guess i'm up yeah go. um being the subaru fanboy i'm, I'm gonna say the oh, mitsubishi Christ. lancer evo 8 i'm so glad that this was uh left in the past um not a huge fan of it i mean the inter the engine phenomenal everything else dumpster fire absolutely dumpster fire really because isn't that the isn't that the uh isn't that the car that i can't remember well no because the eight was the eight was because that's when we got that the eight was the first one that was the first one in the the, the u.s and i thought that i don't know if it it. i don't know if it was jeremy clarkson or somebody else said that this is a Maybe it was maybe it was later. It was he, much later. He said on. it was like the only acceptable job, like at the time. Like, I oh yeah, yeah. But all but, but somebody said that it was like a it was like forty thousand dollar drivetrain with a free car on top of it. Yeah, I mean, well, it's well over thirty thousand dollars. Um, a four so. forty, I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. I'm surprised that you thought that the running gear wasn't good because I always thought that was conventionally uh, was something that was pretty good in those days. Oh yeah, for those days, yes, absolutely. Sorry, I'm comparing it to now where I'm like, but, no, Sup- but Subaru also in those days. I know those old, and I don't know Subarus, but mm-hmm. I know those 0405 STIs could put something like 90 percent of the torque to the rear. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty good, and I don't think they could even do that later. Was that yeah, the bug well, eye, or was it the generation after the bug eye? No, not the bug eye. The blob eye is what the blob eye. Yeah, that was right after. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, was it the five gear manual transmission too you know um that's true yeah. and they even continued that with the 10 that's what was bad about mm-hmm. the about mitsubishi and the evo they were like nope five gears is good enough for sorry <laughs> like okay they, don't necessarily they didn't want to, yeah <laughs> want to buy the mr just to get a six speed yeah they they didn't want to adapt and that kind of bit them in the ass unfortunately um and Mitsubishi pretty much said that they're done. They'll they're not making anymore ever. They're, they're, they're only making that RTVs now. Yeah. yeah, they're out of that market now, which is so kind if, of upsetting because I mean, don't get me wrong. Even though I'm not a fan of them, they're still pretty good cars overall. You know. Well, internationally, they do really well, and they're also and they also make air conditioners and all kinds of uh, stuff not related to cars. Um, I was gonna say though, if I could make one call, and granted, I know it's always tough to tell what cars are going to appreciate i mean we see like these cars on these crazy they have these crazy runs that you know can Mm -hmm. one and a half two x the stock market over you know 10 20 years and uh i think i will make i will make a call here sorry that you don't like it but the evo 9 mr that is going to be a valuable car in the future for low oh, mileage like when's unmolested the last time that they yeah when's the last time that they oh. dropped in value that's no, definitely it's, good. it's holding it's pretty, steady now yeah. and i think in the future will be very very good oh yeah oh, oh yeah um and don't get me wrong i love the evo 10 i love that uh nine's yeah it's okay. a different car yeah, yeah different car but the eight it's just i don't know just something about it every time i see it and i just like read the specs on it i just ugh. I just I don't like it. Personally. See, visually, I like the eight more than the nine. Yeah, visually, that looks nice. Yeah. but everything else, I'm just like, no, like why? Well, the eight and the nine was very similar. I think you're thinking it might be thinking of the ten. Was the maybe? No, no, no. Was the, the, the different eight and body the nine, style change. I, I think the, the ten. Big the ten is more boxy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The ten I'm, is the boxy. I, I go back and forth on whether I like the ten. But no, I know the eight and nine are similar, but there's just little things about the little eight small that subtle like. differences. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, Baselift. By the time, yeah, by the time people put body kits and stuff on them, they're almost. All the indistinguishable same. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's the same thing with subaru it's, it is what it is right. um but yeah not a fan of the eight but all the other ones i love personally um really good cars so don't try to kill me Evo it's Boy. always really really it's always really nice and i have seen a few in in the denver area when you see a uh one of the old ones on the on the street like a four or a five i think yeah, i even saw somebody with a six which was probably pretty not legal yeah, I've seen a five floating around here and there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe it was a five. What is uh, I don't know my old. I don't know the old. What was it? Uh, 
can't remember what it was. Yeah, they were right changing field. platforms like every two years or whatever in the nineties. There were so right. many. Yeah, like, there's so many. There's four, five, and six. It was all about winning rallies. Right, right. Yeah. And that, that's the thing that's tragic about that card getting discontinued is it had such a such a long running or a good running rally, and then Tommy Mackinnon just dropped off. They're like, "Yep, we're done." Yeah, and yep. we're done that, making that good was, cards. That was probably the most upsetting thing about it is that they just cleaned up shop. They're like, "Nope, we're done." Like overnight, like. There was no slow progression into it. They just like woke up one morning, had a board meeting. Someone's like, you know what? Let's just make SUVs. <laughs> I will right. say, I, I do hope that the, if they are done with the Evo, they let the Evo die and they don't try to bring it back as an SUV like they did with the Eclipse. Right. Oh, that would be, <laughs> oh, that would be brutal. Oh, oh. Yeah, that hurt. That hurt me physically when I saw they were bringing back the Eclipse badge as a, as a family SUV. <laughs> Imagine getting gapped by that. <laughs> Whole kids. It's what other ups- Ford. Nice what, Ford. What other obscure cars do we have? Who hasn't Who hasn't done one yet? Uh, Stephen Steve Terry. Uh, I've got one. Um, the Lotus Carlton. Oh, that's a that is obscure. Yeah. One yeah. that you hear about every every now and then. Yeah, that's so who, who definitely on, a good obscure one. Who here on the podcast has not heard of the Lotus Carlton? I have no heard hands. of it, but I'm not I'm draw, not drawing a like I can't visualize. It. I can't remember what it looks like. So I'm gonna pull it up. <laughs> it, it literally looks like. Uh, yeah, that's right. late yeah. 80s early 90s <laughs> dtm car it's not what yeah. you'd expect from a lotus You're right it's not no, no, no. It, it's a, a it's a four-door saloon right uh, yeah rear um rear drive front engine um 380 no yeah 380 horsepower uh twin turbo with garrett turbochargers uh, i6 mm-hmm. uh, cylinder opal i6 yeah it was yep. an opal engine interesting it was it was also mm-hmm. called the Opal Lotus uh, Omega. That was the other mm-hmm. name. It came in only one color, Imperial Green. It was very oh, similar wow. to, to uh, BRG or mm-hmm. British Racing, Racing Green. But uh, just a super saloon. Um, I don't want to talk about the Alpha much, but it kind of reminds me of the, the four-door uh, Julia. With, uh, the, the look with, is very, the, very similar. The look, the power, uh, a lot of things like that. Uh, 176 miles per hour top speed. Uh, handled uh, Lotus uh, tackled the uh, suspension as well, um, and then now they're starting to climb in prices, of course, because they uh, they're kind of rare. So two things: one, it's a straight six from what I'm reading. Straight six, uh, I yeah, think you're right. Yeah, yep, three point six liter engine. Mm-hmm. And also, can we talk about those awesome uh, headlight little? wipers those are pretty cool <laughs> headlight wipers are always cool that <laughs> yeah, just are. goes without saying that's like a car that shoots flames like it's just always cool mm-hmm. true yeah it um, says here it was the same chassis as the uh the holden commodore of the yeah era. so it was a gm it was a gm yeah it was a gm, GM chassis yeah, a GM so that's chassis. the op- that's the opal connect yeah mm-hmm. with the opal engine so mm-hmm. yeah technically a voxel carlton right and then it often went to lotus well, Lotus was doing a lot of this in that period. Lotus was a lot always, of handling they, they by always Lotus. done this. Yeah, and, and because of oh, the GM yeah. underpinnings had the ZF or the the six speed that was in the Corvette ZR1 uh-huh. as well. Yeah, so, I was just about time. to say that. I was looking at that. I was like, yeah, they yeah. put the ZF in there, um, and a limited slip differential from Holden. Yep. So yeah, Lotus is notorious for this. Let's not mention the Lotus Cortina. You right, should check out right. some of the videos of this of this car in action. It's it's pretty impressive. I imagine there's some very cool racing versions. Oh, guaranteed. So, guaranteed. All right, Terry. What, Is what it Terry? Got? It's yeah. me. All right, so nothing exotic here at all. So a Ferrari uh, two eighty eight GTO. Oh, that's not that forgotten. Yeah, the first GTO. The first, the first. This ain't the the first GTO. This is not. I'm sorry, not the first GTO. This was the first like real like Ferrari Halo car. This was like the what started off the lineage of like the F40, F50, Enzo, Mm -hmm. 
and those. This was the yeah. first of those. So in that it way, is, it is very forgotten because once the F40 came out, a lot of people forgot that the T88 came out before that because, in theory, it was supposed to be made for that new um, Group B circuit race series in the 80s. Okay. So it was going to, you know, limited model run, twin turboed. It's same engine that was in the 308, then mounted longitudinally so and used up all that trunk space in what the 308 had. Amazingly, it had trunk space to lay those twin turbos in. So, yeah, honestly, a lot of people forgot that a 288. I guess so. Sometimes, sometimes I just, I forget, I forget how much of a dork I can be. Yes, exactly. About, uh, about cars like that. Because like, what? You don't know 288 GTO? Right. Right. Well, we remember everyone else may not remember. Right. That's the whole point. No, you're right. Because this was a limited run Uh just so it could satisfy the group B. Right. It's a homologation car. Yep. And then right after this, the F40 came out. So mm-hmm. in reality, this was like a test bed. The really interesting one, one really interesting part about the 288 GTO to me was always how not that different it looked from just a 308. From the 308, right. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. not that far. There's If you know, you know. It's got those yeah. lights on. It's got those extra lights on on the and front it's, and the bumper. It's a little meatier. It's little it, meatier. Yeah, a little wider, but yes, yeah. by mo to the to the layman's eye, you're just gonna think that that's like, oh well, they just that's like the same car, right? At a passing glance, it looks yeah, it looks strikingly similar to the 308, which so, is not yeah, not a terribly expensive car. Uh-uh, no, right, pretty pretty attain one of the more attainable Ferraris. Yeah, well, for a good reason. Subject, but, all yeah. around this subject, I would like to say, I miss knocka ducks on cars. Oh yeah, it's just such a good look. Oh yeah, mm, yeah. yeah airplane parts man <laughs> yeah. no cars need what? more more knack please oh yeah what kind of so, horsepower are we talking on the 288 gto oh that thing only it's like what? It's twin turbo it's so turbo. yeah it's twin turbo but it's only on it's a v8 it's a 2.2.9 liter v8 so it, it was in like the 300 i believe hang on yeah this right. was no, also no, no, it's, i have it it's, it's 395 oh, kids 395 oh is it okay oh, okay yeah, i'm looking at something different hmm. Yeah, that's why they they twin turboed it so it could get up there. So and five speed manual, of course, gated. You right. know. So I mean, really straight out. I mean, there's not you don't see them that that often for the simple reason of the low production numbers. And then a lot of people confuse them with a three oh eight because you gotta know your eye. And then when the F forty came out, everybody's oh F forty, F forty, F forty. Well, you know, F forty is a pig compared to this car. Oh, in in what way? In what way? Okay, well, let's let Terry go on this one. No, because the F40, yeah, it has its looks, it's this and that, but this was specifically built to be a race car. Specifically, the F40 in theory was, but it has heavy steering, doesn't handle as well, and it is slightly overweight. And if I had, it is a bit heavier. You're right. Yeah. If I had the choice, it would be a 288 GTO. It wouldn't be the F40. And I have driven an F40. So, really? Yeah, I can yeah, see from a detail. driving perspective. You'd, uh... I drove one in California. There's a Ferrari Restorer by my sister. I won't say exactly where they are because they have some. <laughs> yeah. So I go down there and I, I talk to the owner. I talk to some of the guys because you know, I, love, I love Ferraris. And one day he said, well, we got an F40 and let's go for a drive. So he drove me, and then we pulled over, and he says, go ahead and take it. And we drove around Hamosa Beach, down PCH, etc. So cool. in traffic, <clears throat> shit. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah, it, I'm sure that's not, uh, that's not where you want to. Yeah, that's that. not where, where you want it. It's, but, you about to have know, a heart attack driving that car? Nope. <laughs> As it wasn't an electric-powered K1 freaking cart. So... There you go. So, I mean, honestly, yeah, I I would take this over, and you know, and also some of it's just just the unique look on it. Yes, it does have that three hundred eight look, but there are differences. Right and to the trained eye, to the trained eye, it, there's differences. It, it has some meat to it, and I kind of appreciated that nineteen eighties like bulgy, you know, yeah, just 
kind of meat look, like look at me, you know, kind of like a big dog right here. There, you know, it's fun. So yeah. So looking at some stats, only two hundred and seventy-two were made. Yep, that's that's wow. the fit the homologation. So man, they yeah, they, so significantly more rare than the F forty. I want to say yeah. there's a thousand F forties or some mm. some something, something close like to that. that. Yeah. You know, so yeah, to me that's I, I like I mean, five. it's forgotten. I do remember Sotheby's auctioning one off a couple of years ago, and I think it was I think it was this one went for three point three six mil. Well, let's see. Which is more than an, it's it that would be that's a very nice F forty price. It's like oh, a yeah medium medium to like high end on forty spectrum. This this um, era of Ferraris just has so much style. I mean, yes. All the different curves, like uh, Matt, you were saying the knockaducks. Oh yeah, uh, I, the, I'm a the sucker. Interior, for... The interior with the the leather, it's just uh, wow. It's, well, these I cars were all, these cars about... were these these were functional homologation race cars. Yes. So they're very bare bones, no extra insulation, mm. no, nothing. These this you're buying a race car. Right. And that's Ooh. one of the things I love about the F40 is the interior and that yeah that Minimalist. simple yeah yeah exactly carpeted. It's very simplistic, uh, which is very clean. So if we want, we can all buy one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this one right now is only uh, $3.1 million. When you oh, say I'll buy one, you mean I'll go in together? Yes, I'll go in <laughs> together. Plan Z, we plan Z, uh, 288 GTO. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this one is uh, it's an 84. Um, mm-hmm. Believe it or not, it's in used condition. No. Yes. Really? I cannot wow. believe it's in used condition. Well, I and thought it's it was going to be brand new. Why yes. would I pay $3 million for a used car? A I don't car? I don't know. I really don't know, but it's in Austria. Okay. Good place so, to go. Autobahn. Autobahn we, and the mountains. Yeah. I love, I love driving through Austria, uh, through Brenner Pass. Spectacular. Yeah. That, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I, I just always liked how it was. You know, it's just the way it was. And the styling of Ferraris at that time are very, very nice. So, yeah, to me, this is like forgotten because the average Ferrari person, you know, that would look at Ferrari would no clue that this car existed. The, the, the F40 sucked all that up. Right. You know, as soon as that thing came out, you had, Hurrah! you know, yeah. so... Well, it was just such a such a revolution in design. Of I mean, course, still very very seventies uh, Italian. Yes, so, so something to be said. Which is it has is a great is a great aesthetic, but yep. late seventies is very different from late eighties and like the kind exactly. of stuff they were coming up with into the nineties. Very different. Yep. yep. So there you go. That's mine. All right, I like it. Sweet. Okay. So. Awesome. Um, well, we should tell our listeners that this podcast is sponsored by uh, Terry, who will yep. mention our sponsor. So we'll do that one right now. So, yes, we do have our – so the podcast today was a shout-out to one of our sponsors, and this would be New Image uh, Paint Protection. So, yeah, basically they they do offer uh, paint, paint protection as well as, you know, protective film and window tint. Okay, they also – do offer paint correction as well and ceramic coating services. So definitely check them out. Their website is www.newimagepf.com. So www.newimagepf.com. So definitely check out New Image. Very good. Oh. I, I'm excited that we have a sponsor. Yes. Well, we have several. <laughs> and it's just to well, just off, well for the podcast specifically. The fa- yeah. the pages that has has had sponsors for a while. Yes. But. So, and then just so we know, there's a 15% discount on a clear bra and 10% on window tint services for our members. Good stuff. Get that, uh, got to get that tent in Colorado. That's right. Can't be driving around in a fishbowl. Right. Right. Year after year. (laughs) Get skin cancer. Ceramic for the win. Oh, yeah. I have a five all the way around and 50% ceramic up front. Yeah. I have, 
I have zero all around. Yeah, same here. <laughs> what the hell? Y'all are wild. <laughs> well, you know, I I have a convertible. So Oh wow, okay. I just like to be able to see out his window. Yeah. <laughs> I just prefer not to be able to see at night, you know, kind of just go with Good. it. I actually don't need tint for that. So <laughs> <laughs> that's reassuring. You just have you just have your advanced age. Yeah. yeah exactly right. <laughs> You know, goddamn people in headlights. Y'all suck. (laughs) Well, we just want to remind our listeners that they can, um, of course, check out our Instagram at CO Cars and Coffee, uh, our Twitter, our YouTube page, Facebook page, Facebook group, and, of course, our website, ColoradoCarsAndCoffee.com for the upcoming events and the local car community chat. Um, is there anything else you guys want to say, or should we just wrap it up here? Well, y'all uh, have a good night. Just yeah, one, one, yeah. one more yeah. plug. Okay, uh, one more plug. The, uh, the Sonics on that we're doing throughout October and November. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are gathering toys for kids, so toys for tots. So please bring a new unwrapped toy when you come, and just look for one of the admins. Uh, usually, we'll post who's going to be collecting. But go find that person and drop it off, and uh, we'll try to help out some kids this year. You know, this year has been terrible, so if we can bring toys to kids, that's that's a great thing. So, just a quick last plug for that. Good right. stuff. Well, it's uh, time for us to grab our coffee and hit the road. That's it for us here from Colorado Cars and Coffee. See you down the road, everyone.